0: Hello reader. I'm Alex. I'm Kelly. And this is the LitJoy podcast. This episode is brought to you by LitJoy Crates holiday events. All through November, December, readers can shop new gifts for readers in their life or for yourself and can shop special sales events. The holiday season is literally our favorite time of year at LitJoy. Myself and Kelly work with our team year round to bring to life the perfect gifts for readers.
1: If you're a fan of Sarah J. Moss, we have lots of items available, but new this season is the Throne of Glass Key. For classic book lovers, we've released the Lit Joy edition of A Christmas Carol, and there's a darling door knocker ornament that can correlate with it. And perhaps the thing that we're most excited about is our paper art edition of Alice in Wonderland. There will be special discounts happening throughout the month of November and December, so please keep checking back in. If you're
0: a listener tuning in when it's not the holiday season, don't worry, we've got you covered. You can use the code PODCAST10, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-1-0 at litjoycrate.com slash podcast anytime for 10% off. So PODCAST10 is a 10% off discount that doesn't expire. And the way to navigate to our website is litjoycrate.com slash podcast l-i-t-j-o-y-c-r-a-t-e dot com slash p-o-d-c-a-s-t that's where you can find everything we talk about on the podcast as far as products and sales events go and of course all of this info will be in the show notes all right so on today's episode we have kind of a fun one because yeah. we reached out to our love group, which is our Lunicorns. It's our private membership group. And we asked them what questions they have for us. What do they want us to talk about on yeah. the podcast? And so I'm excited.
1: Yeah, we got a lot of great responses. And these questions all kind of fall under, you know, working with publishers, authors, agents, what what it's like working in this industry, questions about us, and, you know, kind of a backstory in working in this space. So it's kind of a mishmash of some incredible questions. And so we put them all down and we're going to do our best to get through all of them. Yeah. And it's going
0: to be, there was quite a few questions, which is just awesome. We didn't, we didn't know what to expect, Um, but this probably will be a two-part episode. So we'll film it all today. We'll record it all today. And if it goes a little long for listeners out there, we'll make sure that we split it into two episodes. And so it's a little bit more digestible.
1: Cool. Let's do it.
0: Let's jump in. Let's do it. All right, Miss Kelly, how do you go about meeting and getting in touch with an author? This is a good one. This is actually one that you should have asked me. We should. Have I know. I was like, out. I was uh, like, that's my job. We can
1: just. We're just going to um, put the question out there that were posed to us, and then whoever wants to answer, take it both. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, cool, this cool. kind of falls in different departments, but for sure, take it away, Alex.
0: So there's a couple of different uh, ways that we connect with authors one of the ways we connect with authors is uh, we reach out to the author's literary agent. Um, if we have an existing relationship with the author, because we have formed a friendship with the author, we'll reach out to them directly sometimes um, and, or we'll reach out through the publisher. So something we have at Le Joy is these really wonderful fostered relationships with the publishing houses, with literary agencies and um, and with authors, and it kind of in the beginning, when we were reaching out to authors for the first time, um, we we figured out how to get a hold of publishers, and the publishers would communicate with the author. And then in our YA subscription that we had in the beginning, we started to form relationships with literary agents and authors just through that subscription and through the publisher. And now we kind of just have a great library of of contacts of people we work with we email regularly and so that's kind of how we work with them now is if we want to work with an author let's say they're a penguin author that we've never worked with um, and we have never talked to their agent. We'll go first to Penguin because we have a great relationship with Penguin. And we'll say, we'd really love to do this box set. Or we'd love to put this book in our subscription box and and to be read. Yeah. Uh, and then they'll put us in contact with the literary agent or they'll go straight to them. And we kind of just start to form those relationships. And it's really, it is a relationship-based industry.
1: Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. Did that kind of answer it? I think so. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> So, it, and every now and then, we'll have authors just completely reach out to us, like, mm-hmm. with no meteory happening, if that makes sense. Like, they just yes, are like, we saw yes. what you did with so-and-so's books. I want to reach out and, and see if we can make a connection happen. And I love when that happens as well, because you can tell that they just purely – um are so passionate about their books and wanting it to be special and do something different. And that's always fun when they reach out that way too. So yeah, I, I think that there's a misconception
0: in the, uh, among uh, our community and among the Book talk Bookstagram communities that authors are just, going to these boxes all the time that yeah. that we're getting approached by these huge authors and that we're getting approached by publishers. And we can kind of cover this a little bit later, but um, that actually doesn't happen as much as you would think. Um, I do think in publishing, there is a little bit of a lag time on understanding and utilizing the power of these smaller special markets companies mm-hmm. like us where they don't necessarily realize how when we do a special edition box set, it increases sales for the mass market copies as well. And it increases exposure to the book, the series, the author. It revitalizes some series. So um, we witness like the power of marketing behind a special edition, but publishing doesn't always see that. Mm. And so we don't get approached as much as I think people think we do. Yeah. Um, there's a definite, the hustle is definitely on the LitJoy side for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and and publishers hold on really tightly to their IP. And so, which, which rightfully so, because yeah. they've purchased this IP, they hold on so tight to it that sometimes I think opportunities are missed, not just mm-hmm. with us, but probably other small companies as well. Yeah. And so it's an interesting industry to like kind of be involved in more, mm-hmm. but- and yeah. Nice.
1: yeah, that does wrap that up pretty good. Sounds like, and Bo, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's 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 go on to the next. Uh, how long does the process take to make a special edition or one of our collector editions? It's been 82 it's years. <laughs> yeah, it, this is a question that varies, but I would say on the average from the day the contract is signed, which it can be quite a lengthy process just to get to that point. And we're not going to talk about that in the length of it. It can be anywhere from nine to 12 months to book in hand. Yeah. So that's why we have contracts going for the next like two, three years, you know, and it's quite a process. That I'd say 12 to 18 months if we're including getting the contract signed as well. And it is um, a lot of back and forth, making sure, you know, all the people involved are comfortable and happy with the product. Each step of the way, and that's why you know we get a lot of questions asking about making changes or doing certain additions in rollways. We're always like in the background. It's like be patient, it's coming. Oh yeah, it's coming, but it's going to be a minute because you know we got to wait that full year sometimes for, for sure. you know production to happen, art to be approved, you know samples to come, etc. But yeah, it's great. I love it. I'm like from the
0: beginning of the idea all the way through. So there is a project happening starting. Q3 of next year. And, um, I started conversations on this product or this project in 2018 and then was told no by the publisher consistently until 2021. And then we just confirmed the project in, uh, in early or late, late summer of 2023 this year. So there are some projects that are like five years in the making before we get a confirmation from the publishing house, or even uh, sometimes we have to work with like estates, like oh, yeah. uh, you know, like where the author's deceased. Or there's so many different things that are moving uh, behind the scenes where we we just confirmed a yes on this product that's coming out next year, and that product will actually be a project that spans through 2027. 2027. It like blows
1: my mind when I think about it. I'm just like. So
0: it, it's a large scale project and we're yeah. really excited to share more. I, I mean, more is coming soon, but just to get a, a, an idea of, of the intensity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I think it's a little bit of a different answer, though, if it's if it's a book in our TBR subscription crate. Um, those we work directly with the publishing house and we tag onto their print runs and their front list titles. And those are a little bit easier to
1: get out on time. Yeah, good still point though. to distinguish that. I think I immediately read that as just like our collector editions. Me uh, too, yeah. Where, you know, authors are annotating and everything is kind of from scratch. Um, but yes, if we're doing a TBR, which is our subscription books, those are definitely a lighter lift in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And um, that process is probably closer to six months. Yeah. So. Yeah. But it is still a six-month
0: process. Yeah. Even though, like, all production's lined up and artwork's on time, it just, it's books are it's a, a massive effort. It's not an easy product to sell. It really I mean it's easy to sell in the sense that readers are so avid. Yeah. But it's not easy to yeah. make books. So no. we're like, let's do it. In the hardest thing. Perfect. <laughs> I know. Okay, let's move on to the next question. Uh, how do you decide what the covers look like? And how do you decide if it will be a character art versus a title with background art? Etc. So, how do we design our covers or pick our covers? Like everything at Litjoy, it's a whole thing. I was like, "Yes, State Farm is there." (laughs) No, it's it's a whole thing. It's
1: not a straightforward answer. I'm like, I want to hear your thoughts. There's not a clean answer other than what we typically like to do at LitJoy is we create almost like a focus group. So anyone who either has read it, has a passion for that book or that series, we pull them in and we talk through ideas of what we think would be best to represent that book or that series. And so sometimes it's so obvious that it's like, oh, character art on the front. Or sometimes it's like, you know what? We really like to do something and say something different. Let's do no character art or, you know, so that's the creative process on that is really just driven by the group of people who have a a love for it and what they would want to see. And we always try to do that as best as we can. And because that's what the customer – I'm like if a customer is trying to create what they wanted, that's what they would do, right? Oh, totally. And so it's never just like, oh, it's always the same person creating the design on the covers. It's not. It is always a group effort. For sure. Ella Joy, um, for whoever's passionate for it.
0: Yeah, it's – we'll, we'll kind of what you like, going to say? Yeah, we'll create like a love group around it and and kind of go from there. That's totally correct. I also think, though, um, one thing we take into account – so it's not just a conversation about what we want – We do a ton of market research before we even get to that meeting, which um, there are some series where they're kind of notorious for the the original covers, the mass market covers um, from the original publisher are something that people want to see redone. Right. If that's ever the case, then we'll go in and we'll we'll. You know, we're in so we're all readers, and so we're in all these groups where people are talking about the Mm -hmm. covers they want and how they want them to be different. And so sometimes, often, our decision on how we do covers is actually from feedback that we see out in the community where they're like, Oh, these covers are hideous, and we're like, We can redo them, or they're like, Oh, I really want covers that are more like a collector's edition, which would be like a special finish on the cover, so Mm -hmm. like Pleather or Wiblin. Or something that's not just paper yeah. overboard, and so definitely when we pick covers, it's a it's a whole collection of information first, mm-hmm. and then we kind of digest it and come up with a strategy for the covers.
1: And it it's so tricky because art is so subjective too. So for sure, every time we launch with one of these books or series, you're gonna get mixed emotion or reactions from you know different groups, and so we yes. just know that, and that's why we try really hard to make sure it's something internally that, you know, anyone who's read it and has passion for it, like they're really excited and proud of it. And, um, and of course the author gets a say, yeah. <laughs> the author oh, yeah. always yeah. get a huge say in it. And kind of sometimes that's where it starts is they're like, this is what I want. Cause it hasn't happened yet. Or for sure. I've always wanted to try this out or, and so it's always a conversation, but that's true. That's why I'm like, none of these, none of these answers are going to be super black and white. I feel like
0: but I just don't think making books is a super black and light linear process. It's no. we have all of our operating procedures and there's yeah. always something that changes. And that's mm-hmm. a good point about the authors. Authors have um, they have a heavy say in in how things turn out and how their books turn out. And um, that's because we love involving the author because it's it's their baby. They made yeah. it. And so we love involving the author on how we design them.
1: I just don't think a lot of people realize how little say authors get when their books are being produced in regards to the artwork and cover art. They actually don't get a lot of say. Uh, with um, publishers. With, with the publishers, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we invite them into our process, they're kind of like, oh, I can I can say what I really want here and tell you what I don't like, and I can have, you know, final say. And they seem to always really enjoy that. And uh, some definitely have a lot of feelings. Some are kind of very yes. easygoing and... Um, we love all of it so yeah
0: and sometimes too the authors will be like oh my gosh i love the artist or the designer you've chosen for the cover and that's that they'll kind of let the artist mm-hmm. do their thing and we've had some really beautiful covers turn out from us just kind of giving a little bit of extra freedom to the artist okay. and letting them explore what they think would be great so and yeah. also i think that we're firmly in the camp of not wanting every book to look the same oh yeah no. and so every one of our sets is like its own personality mm-hmm. it's trying to bring that book to life yeah and so i love it i'm like what's your favorite um not your favorite overall litjoy set but what's your favorite cover that we've done Ooh, it's so hard i <reimburse> sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I know, I was like, well, they're like all flashing through my mind. Yeah, yeah, and yeah.
1: It's so hard because it's for so many different reasons, right? Like I always love our Wuthering Heights, yes. uh, La Joy Classics Edition is just one of my favorite classics of all time. It turned out so awesome. It's beautiful. It is like fine art. It is. It is um, gorgeous. They were all done by hand, pen, Yep. Um, and we have like the originals in our homes, you know, hanging yeah. up. So I, I always love those because they're also what we launched with yep. when we first started publishing. And outside of that, I don't know. Why don't you go if you have one that's popping Um, up? Okay. So
0: I think probably Folk of the Air is one of the most beautiful covers we've ever done. Um, I particularly love Book 2 in that series and um, with the cover art specifically. Mm -hmm. And then uh, definitely our romantic collection, our Pride and Prejudice, Wuthering Heights, and Jane Eyre. Those covers were done by Superstar Fighter and they are gorgeous. Yeah. Felix. I know. They were great. He's an artist out of Germany, and they were incredible. And we gave him specific direction on those, but he definitely took it, like, to the next level. Yeah. They were gorgeous.
1: Roll. Anyway, we love our covers. Okay. Ready, Freddie? Yeah. Oh, what's our next one? Um, Oh, I'll ask you this one. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. The question we got was, do most authors tend to be easygoing, or do they feel a little bit more stuck in their ways, or possibly Uh, hard to work with? And, like, how much creative freedom do they get during the process? Yes.
0: Okay, this is such a great question because I know everybody wants the tea. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'm like, I totally get it because I'd be like, you know, with celebrities, you're always like, I heard they're crazy or like, yeah. I heard they're super nice or, you know. um, But I can honestly say just like with all the people who exist in your life, authors are very human. Uh, You're working with people who actually spend the majority of their time kind of introverted. Mm -hmm. A lot of authors, not all of them, but a lot of authors are more introverted. They spend a lot of time in these creative worlds. Um, They're building these worlds from fiction. They're very creative people, very passionate people. And obviously they have to be because they bet on themselves to become an author. And, um, And so you get different personalities with every single author Mm -hmm. no two authors are the same and each one of them cares about different things yeah and I will say you have some authors who care about every single detail and you have some authors who don't want any responsibility with the project they're just like really happy to let us do their thing and they're like final check of approval is good for me Mm -hmm. you guys do your thing Um, and then we have some a lot of authors who kind of just fall in between yeah like, for example, Jay Kristoff has a very particular design eye. He has experience in design, uh, and he is very fun to work with. Yeah. Like He is an extremely fun author to work with because Jay is the kind of author who – or just the kind of person who, when he's involved in a project, he gives 110% of his passion and commitment to it. Um, And he's just a deeply kind person. And yeah. so none of his feedback is ever – um. Like comes across as harsh or critical and he has a way of delivering it. And I think it really it really motivates our team. They want to do an even better and better product for Jay because of how great he is with people and how much you can tell he loves doing it. Like, for example, when we first started working with Jay, we asked him for annotations in all three books and signatures on the first book. And we ask authors. We kind of negotiate around 20 annotations per book is is kind of what's acceptable for most authors.
1: Yeah.
0: Jay did, I think, so, like over 700 annotations and <laughs> drawings throughout all three books. And he he was like, I will be signing all three books in my series. So he he comes to projects from the perspective of the reader. Mm-hmm. He gives so much to his readers. He's such a great author with his community. Mm-hmm. And so that comes out in his projects with other companies where we were like, I think our customers would be great with a signature on the first book. That would be amazing. And he's like, no, no, my customers get signatures in all three books. And I just think that it's super fun to work with an author who's like that into it. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's other authors who have uh, like health, health issues that get in the way. And so when we're negotiating with those authors, we're very cognizant of like they have time and health restraints. And we want to be super respectful of those. We want to be really kind to them, yeah. give them space. And so they're a little bit less involved. And mm-hmm. and there's less that they can contribute. And so mm-hmm. we try and find ways to connect them to our audience yeah. without putting them out too much or without causing any harm. And so yeah. it's just this delicate balance.
1: It is. And it's wonderful when we get to work with authors um, who are, like you said, really in tune with their community and their readers. I remember when we did our uh, – a red queen series you know the victoria aviard she was beautiful delight to work with she gave us so much good insight into her customer base even more so than we knew
0: oh for sure of like
1: she's like they will want this thing exactly and yes. they're gonna freak out over this and maybe we just steer this way a little bit and so she was really great at helping guide us in that sense um to like the best product or the best book yes. you know design things like that um kind of like jay you were saying and and then we also have to be really aware of writers have writing schedules. Yes. Uh, and that's another thing that can go into just going with the flow, working with authors. But I don't feel like we have a lot of tea to spill. Like, I'm, like you were saying, it's more like they all work differently. But for sure. There has not been like a really bad experience that we've had working with any authors. And everyone has been wonderful in their own way, in different ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great getting to work with people that we have been fangirling about for so many years so definitely it's incredible yeah and and i will say that like also
0: sometimes like some of my favorite products or books or covers are not necessarily like i i didn't anticipate them in the beginning of the project being some of my favorites but then in working with the authors they kind of you kind they kind of become your babies. And like yeah. you, you start to love the project more because you see how passionate the author yeah. is. And, and it, there's ones that surprise you, I think behind the scenes where you're like, Oh, I didn't expect to like be so emotionally invested, but you kind of just follow the journey with the author and it becomes more special than you thought it would be. I will say though, like I do have some projects that I like more than others And sometimes that is because the authors bring more life to it than others. Mm. Um, And that's just a human thing. But I don't don't think it ever influences, like, the success of the project. It's just sometimes I'm like, oh, you're more of my person. Like any other group of people, there's some authors that I enjoy more than others. And you don't really get their personalities when you're reading their books because it's other characters. So when you get to interact with them in real life, you're like, oh, you're my person. Like, I I really like working with you and you, you know.
1: I I was thinking about this. I think that the only author we haven't actually got to work directly with that we're working with is Neil Gaiman. Yes. We're so close. There's just a tiny barrier between us. But um, he's still been delightful to work with. And we're just in amazement that we get the opportunity. Oh, for sure. Because he is so busy. So busy. And so just the fact that he... I was like, but knows who we are, and we're doing editions of his books. Um, and then he, we just have one person we kind of work with in between to get final approvals for all of his stuff. So, yes, um, that's the only one. I'm like, I want to, I want to get closer to you. <laughs> Come closer. <laughs> She's like,
0: hello, Neil. Yes. I'm just going to slip into your email. <laughs> yeah, there is hey. there's a few like boundaries around a few authors who are really big. Yeah, uh, that they have to protect their time, and we just work with their their agency yeah yeah or their literary agent i'm like sarah's another one
1: uh, yeah, so we've, met,
0: we've met sarah a few times in person before she you know became huge um but we just work with her people because she's so busy and yes. and kind of massive in her success which is awesome kind so. of massive she's she's kind of she's, a deal. i don't know if you guys know who she is world and we'll spell it <laughs> <laughs> okay um all right cal how okay. does the process go for finding and supporting the artists who design
1: the book, art, and covers? All right. Uh, so I'll just break down the process. I love this. And hopefully that'll answer that question. Um, so as soon as we get confirmation that we're going to be move forward, moving forward with a book or series, um, first thing we want to do is get an artist on board. And this is interesting. We've noticed working with artists, um, especially ones who have context for books um their wait time is getting further and further out like you got to book them almost like a year in advance now oh for sure um where before i feel like you could the month of sometimes and as we've you know i feel like a lot of people in the book community have started to incorporate artists more and more um they're getting more and more booked out and so as soon as we Get the confirmation. It's happening. We put together a list of artists who we think would represent the series well. You know, it can be anywhere from five to 20 artists. And we always send them over to get approvals from the author first. Oh, yes. They're all author approved. And they pick out their top, typically, you know, three to five. And then we just go through the process of like reaching out from there and being like, are you available? Can you take on this project? You know, working through all those contract details. Um, once we finally get that booked and settled, which is always like a massive relief, um, then we hand over all the concepts and get their feedback. And like I said, it's usually very much uh, like there's synergy there because we never want to put a project on an artist um, in an artist's lap that they're like, "This is either not my style, or do I get a say in any oh, of this?" Yes. You know. So it's always very collaborative with the artists as much as we can, but we also want to make sure that they feel like they have a good framework and they're not just coming up with it on their own kind for of sure. thing so um, did i miss anything i'm like no it's pretty i remember chill. do
0: you remember there's one particular artist that we brought on for jay kristoff's book i keep talking about jay but this just reminded me of something from his project um never night we reached out to the stars are like okay well we we kind of wanted to be dark and like sexy and macabre oh, like yeah. sexy macabre and she's all her response was so great because that like she was like yeah I kind of figured that's why you hired me because all <laughs> her work was so like sexy Brr. and very dark and yeah and so it was just like the perfect response and we're like okay yeah we're all in alignment here <laughs> that was something we all laughed about when she sent it she's all yeah I kind of figured <laughs> yeah so she was a perfect fit for that project
1: I guess I should say, yes, I remember that too, Um, to follow up is once we book them and we give them the concept, maybe this is what the rest of the question is, is like, how do we continue to support them? Because from there, what we do is we take all the sketches that come in, the works in progress, and we send them on to the author and the agency and all of that. And then we take their feedback and we usually add some of our layers. We reword it usually to send back, you know, like we're the buffer between both, if that makes sense, to yes. make sure that like it's very clear and on point and um, just, yeah. I mean, that's our job. Our job is to manage yes. the
0: communication all around. And so we kind of receive any harsh or critical feedback and try yes. and turn it into more of a productive conversation, regardless of the direction that it's all going. Yeah. Um, Because I think that Authors are really creative and artists are super creative and we try and protect their creative energy. They don't need yeah. to field everything. And yeah. so we definitely try and do
1: that too. Yeah. I have – I mean I have no idea how any other company does it. That's just no, like how we do it. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, I have no idea. Uh, so I'm like I don't know if that's standard or not but like that's just – so like they're not really speaking to each other. If that makes sense, like they're not just chatting – like we are the buffer always for sure certain. so yeah. it's gone really great that way and um we've made some really beautiful books we've also made a lot of incredible friendships yeah. working with so many different artists like we work with 50 like 50 to 100 artists a year sometimes mm-hmm. like a lot of artists and there's definitely ones that we form friendships with for sure we follow and keep yeah. chatting about on the sides and so anyways I love it. Artists, authors, they're wonderful.
0: Um another thing that I think is important to mention about creating artwork uh, at LitJoy is actually we started kind of I'm it's so hard to know who was the first to do things. But back in January of 2018, we started the series called the LitJoy Artist Series. Mm-hmm. And that was the kind of the first push in these small books bu- book box companies to feature artists as not just a selling point, but also just like these artist collaborations as part of a product, as part of a product experience for Mm -hmm. customers. So I pitched this idea to our team in 2017 where I was like, I think that our goal will eventually be to grow large enough that we can work with the publishers to do our own covers. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, the first step we got to do is we got to start introducing to our customers how significant it is to work with an artist and to support an artist. And so we started the Literary Artist Series on just the cover of our product cards for our YA box. Yeah, that's right. And we would do cover art. Or we would do essentially what we wanted to put on the cover of the book, but we would do it on our product card because we could didn't have big enough numbers and the publishers wouldn't even...
1: They weren't customizing back then. No,
0: they weren't customizing and they definitely weren't interested in doing
1: something special for us. They were still wrapping their heads around subscription boxes. Yeah, the,
0: like they were like, what do you do? Yeah. And we're like, we're purchasing X amount of copies and they're all okay, that's fine, but, like, what's your bookstore? And we're all, no, no, it's e-commerce. Like, okay, so you're, like, a bookshop online? And we're, like, yes. we're a subscription box.
1: And these also need to be signed. And and that's and really... And they were, like, no way. And we're all, yes, wait. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, a whole new Publishing thing. Publishing had to really get to, like, their, their act together because they didn't have any sort of department to handle this at the yeah. time. They and, didn't like, know where to put us. Special markets should... didn't exist when we yeah. first started, which is now what the division is called, is special markets, yep. so. Yeah, so we we started kind of
0: training our customers to like, care about and notice these artists and we tag them in posts and we would promote them and yeah. we talk about they're like, they're our artist of the month. And then when we had enough numbers, we talked the publishers into doing reverse dust jackets. They wouldn't do artwork in the book for us, but mm-hmm. with our numbers, we're like, we can we put art on the back of dust jackets? So we launched the first reversible dust jackets uh, in the book box world. Cause we were like, we want to do our own cover so bad, but we know yeah. we can't. And so we did those reversible dust jackets. And I think we still do them today. Um, and so that was kind of where we started with them. Mm-hmm. And then we got to a point where we were big enough to purchase sub-rights to do special editions. And yeah. that was kind of the transition in our artists. So they started on our product cards. Yeah. And then they were our reversible dust jackets. And then we started to get tip-ins in the book, like artwork printed in the book. Mm-hmm. And then we got big enough to do page edges <laughs> and have a page edge artist. Yeah. And so then it it really just fostered kind of this appreciation in the bookish community or at least bookstagram to like love these artists follow these artists and it just I feel like snowballed from there in a good way yeah and so there's so many artists now that that we worked with like four or five years ago that they're just like so big and they're they're doing tons of covers every year and it's fun to watch the artists because I have I have an art history minor and so I have such a passion for artwork Mm. and so That was like one of my favorite things that kind of came as a result of us caring about art is just how much we incorporate artwork into LitJoy and its culture, you Mm -hmm. know? Okay, our next question. Why do you sometimes create special editions with the cover art changed, but sometimes it's the publisher's covers, but artwork on the reversible dust jacket? (laughs) (laughs) This person's like, tell me what's going on.
1: (laughs) fair question. I was like, it's a fair question. <laughs> I totally get it. Well, and again, it's tricky because I know other book boxes are doing things slightly different than us. And, oh, yeah. You know, There's we, a lot
0: to keep track of. You kind
1: of pick and choose where you want to put some energy and what you're allowed to do. So, And I think another thing a lot of people don't fully realize, because how would you know, is that anyone who's based in the U.S. versus somewhere like the U.K. or other countries, those departments even if it's the same company, never really talk to each other ever. The same publishing house. The same publishing house. um, So let's say, you know, uh, Penguin, Random House, whatever, in the U.S., they're not talking to Penguin Random House over in the UK. It's totally completely different. different. Yeah. And because I know that question's come up before too. But so in regards to artwork on the dust jackets, typically they're very, very, very protective of the original artwork. They yes. went through so many checks and balances to make sure that it came out the way they wanted to after, you know, testing it, getting approvals, yes. you know, they're very protective of it. And so they rarely like to alter that, the publishers. Um, So I have seen some companies where they'll just change some coloring on the original, but they're not like completely changing the dust jacket. Um, I'm not sure about other companies or other countries with the publishers on what's being allowed there. Um, But what we've done is kind of what we just talked about is we just redesign completely on the reverse. Yeah. That way we have complete freedom to be able to create the artwork um, to be reversible. So you can have the original or choose to do the LitJoy edition of the dust jacket, which we think is a great balance to have both kind of a little bit of both
0: yeah and to kind of answer your question like on the um like what do we do collector's editions of versus what do we just do a special edition copy and usually that is a publication date that determines what we do with that so Mm -hmm. if we're going to do a collector's edition this usually means that there's multiple pieces of artwork within it some kind of author contribution whether it's signatures annotations a foreword. Uh, it means that there's probably multi-materials being used. So not just okay. a paper yeah. overboard, but there are other materials we use for the covers. There's like gold foiling or gilding or embossing or debossing. Um and the so it's it is a collector's edition. It's it's not necessarily meant to be for the person who's reading it for the first time that they're just like throwing it in yeah. their bag to go on a trip. Like, no, it's it sits on their shelf. It's a display. And those are usually backlist titles, meaning mm-hmm. They were published a year or more ago, and uh, those are t- those are books that we work either really really closely with the publisher's production company to make, or we mm-hmm. produce them ourselves. And they are uh, they're very high end in their design and their execution, and they're to collect. Um, also, yeah. publishers are very protective, like we mentioned, of their IP. And so the collectors editions sometimes we're actually we are told no. Uh, probably about 50% of the time when we ask for things with publishers. Yeah. And that is a 100% improvement uh, from where we used to be. And so when we were a small company, rightfully so, the publishers were not giving us any subright stills. They weren't offering any of these options for us. And uh, that's U.S. publishers specifically. I know in the U.K. it's actually quite a bit easier to work with publishers on collectors-type
1: edition books. I just um, don't think they had a system in place either, right? Like... Oh, publishing houses? Yeah. Totally. yeah. So I don't know. It, I don't feel like it was like out of malice or even no. su- it, or like even quantity. I think at some point they just were like, okay, everyone's asking for this. Maybe we should start figuring it out. Yeah. It's kind of what it felt like at least to start. Yeah.
0: But. Yeah. So we – the first book we did sub-licensing on was uh, Strange the Dreamer with Lainey Taylor. Yeah. And Little Brown just totally took a chance on us. Yeah. Like we were like, trust us. Like we've printed all these classics; they're really beautiful. And Little Brown and Laney were so great to just give us a shot, and we sold out of them really quickly. Um, they're beautiful, and it was yeah. it was so rewarding to like proof of concept was yeah. so successful, and so then we had a little bit of a a backbone to you know yeah. to or a little bit of like leg to stand on with it. Where yeah. then I started approaching other publishing houses. And was like, we did this with Laney and it was great. We did this with Pride and Prejudice, and it was great. We think we want to do it with this. We think it'll be great. And of course, Jay was like, I'm in. Let's do it. You know, like, <laughs> like he really pushed the publisher. He was such an advocate for us with the publisher. Yeah. Not that the publisher wasn't willing. It was just he was like, no, I know them, mm-hmm. and I trust what they're going to do with my product. And that was such a huge help to have an author on board yeah. to kind of walk the publisher through what that partnership would look like. Mm-hmm. And so uh, once we caught some momentum there, now we have great relationships with all the big publishers and quite a few small publishers, and we'll approach them about doing special editions, mostly based on what our, our community, what you readers request. And so you readers, especially our Lunicorn Love Group, will kind of give us some insight on what you're interested in seeing. Yeah. And we approach publishers, and about half of our proposals are shut down uh, still. Which is fine. For varying
1: reasons, though. Like,
0: yeah, there's a lot of reasons that go into that,
1: actually. Yeah. Usually there's, like, a really good reason, or we just have to move things around, or it's not right now, or... Yeah. I mean, we can go into that. Usually, so when... Th- the reason I'm talking about this on
0: a lot is because this is kind of uh, my department, or the department that I built and developed. Um, and when working with a publisher, the answer, when it's no, it's several different reasons. It's no, not right now. Mm-hmm which is either the author is not available or the author uh, doesn't want to give out sub rights at this time or it's no, the publishing house is doing their own special edition and the timing's off or no, another company is doing a special edition, which, by the way, doesn't include companies out of country. That's just other U.S. and Canada companies. Like uh, a U.K. company could come out with a special edition the same month as us and we wouldn't even know it's going to happen. We would have no idea because they don't communicate, and so uh, the publisher will though make sure that we don't produce a set at the same time as another one of the special markets companies as us. And if we do, there's like a staggered release process. There's yeah. like there's a ton of scheduling that goes behind a maybe or a no, you know. Yeah. And then there's also a no because it's not. Something that's in their pipeline for that book, and they're not willing to share why it's not in the pipeline for the book. And we kind of just have to tell them, like, if it's ever an option, let us know. And then we check in about six months later to see if they've changed their mind. It's kind of like,
1: knock, knock. (laughs) It's us again. I know. We're like, maybe.
0: Let's talk about what our dream authors would be to work with, what our dream books would be to work with. And we will not confirm or deny if we've been told no on these. Okay. Uh, that okay. is confidential information, but these are our dream, our dream backlist titles that we would love to do.
1: Well, Mike, we've worked with so many that we were already on our list. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. that I'm just like, yes. oh yeah, so we've many. already checked off so many boxes, and several that we haven't announced. And I don't know. I by the way,
0: our 2024 and 2025, yeah. uh, like backlist titles, special editions. So we mentioned that backlist titles is what we can do like collector's editions of or really special editions. Uh, front list titles would be ones that are coming out in the next couple of years. Yes. And we just release our own edition with the publisher, but the publisher prints them. Mm-hmm. So our frontlist titles titles were not all solid on because publishers aren't even 100 percent sure about the publication dates on those. Like they're still working things yeah. out. But our backlist titles were booked through 2024 and 2025 and half of 2026, with one project solidified in 2027. So these are like, we plan way out on those.
1: I know so many things that I'm like, I can't say yeah yet. No. Um, okay, so some like my personal list of a couple people we've talked about or a book series that we've talked about that we really want to do. For me, um, no surprise, I really want to work, work with Marcus Zusak and do a really incredible edition of The Book Thief. Like I have so many fun ideas for this one. I know. Um, and I really feel like it will happen one day. I'm going to put that out there, put that out there. Yeah. Um, that We'll be able to get to do that. That would be a huge passion project for me. And another one, which – I'm like, I just want to do the Twilight series so much. Oh, I
0: know. It would be so good.
1: Yeah. We, I, yeah. Anyways, I have like I a like, whole design for this. I know. I like the slipcase, everything would yeah. be just like. I would love it so much. And I'm like, can we please make the books or like something needs to sparkle on it? Like <laughs> it's going to happen. We could do again some really incredible things. I just feel like Twilight, again, when it came out, um did so many wonderful things for the book world and created a lot of fandom, like one of the first book to movie adaptions that had happened in like real lifetime. And anyways, those are a couple for me. Do you have a couple? Yeah, I think for me, probably
0: working with the Tolkien Trust, I would want to do Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. I think Lord of the Rings, there's so many special editions out there. I totally know that. But I just think there's something that would be so creative for me to take this childhood experience and turn it into this beautiful book box set. Yeah. And I think you could say something that's unique to LitJoy. Mm-hmm. And I would love, love to work with the Tolkien Trust. I would also probably, I love Discovery of Witches. That, I, I, I was going like, to say that too. That's definitely up there. I would love to do a Discovery of Witches yeah. because there's so many things in those books. It's like Europe and Oxford and... And witches, witches, magic, and, yeah, macabre,
1: vampires,
0: and astrology, and it. mythology, time <laughs> travel. I'm like, there's so much in that series that I think we could do such cool artwork. And I think maybe the final one for me would be Hunger Games. Oh, because we haven't done a ton of dystopian, we've done dystopian as like frontless titles, but I think Hunger Games, we could do something really unique with it that yeah. could incorporate. Some of the like interactive elements that we've done before in books mm-hmm. that could be really cool. So, I would love to do Hunger Games if so I So many a fun ones.
1: I know. Oh, and there's a few like nostalgic books I can think about, like childhood books and romance books that I want to do. So, oh, yeah. I'm like, the list just keeps going, but for yes. now. We'll excited. just keep going with these special editions. We're like, it's 2040. <laughs> We're just old ladies. we booked out that far. <laughs> they're old ladies. And they're like, I- <laughs> make them stop.
0: <laughs> Let them
1: retire. <laughs> no, We're like, but- we've got an idea. <laughs> and we got some really good ones here for goals for us. So I'm excited. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, that's kind of the end of this part of the episode. And yeah, okay. uh, that's part one of questions from our customers about the business of books. And we'll wrap that up, yeah. readers, and come back to you with a part two. Yeah, let's do it. All right, reader. Thank you
1: for listening to the LitJoy podcast. Make sure to rate and review us. And like a good book, don't forget to recommend us to your friends.